Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we're excited to have Liz Grant joining us from Edinburgh, Scotland. She is the assistant principal, a senior position role working alongside the president of the University of Edinburgh. She is also the director of the Global Health Academy. She is passionate about the equality of humanity. Liz, welcome. Thank you so much for making the time to be with us today. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate the chance to share stories. Liz, thank you for being here. It is so great to talk with you. And there are many questions that come to mind. Could you tell us something about your roles at the University of Edinburgh? Sure. So I I have a a couple of different roles at the university. One of the roles uh, is is a managerial role um, representing the university working to our principal or president in order to support the university in its its mission and in, in its values. Alongside that, I run our Global Health Academy, which is a, a virtual uh, academy or centre, as it were, which draws together people from across the university's three colleges of science and engineering, of arts and humanities, and of medicine and veterinary medicine. Because global health, or probably now we need to really think about it as more as planetary health, that sense of the human health and the health of the planet being interconnected, requires all of us to be engaged. So for those who are in divinity, for those in mathematics, those studying chemistry, those studying astronomy, those studying veterinary medicine, nurses, doctors, all together, the academy offers a space to be a community. It also supports research that happens across the the globe, particularly working in partnership with colleagues in lower and and, and middle income countries and looking at learning through sharing, reciprocal learning and how research that all of us do together can be implemented. Liz, what inspired your journey with all the roles that you do have? I have quite an odd career Because I have, alongside being involved in public health and global health, I actually also have a theology degree and I've worked um, at training in social work. So I've brought those three things together to some of the work that I do. And what inspired it, I think, was a few things. My father never got the chance to go to university, never even got the chance to finish school. He was born in 1912. So things were you know, during the, the 20s and 30s in, in Northern Ireland, uh, there was huge economic struggles. But he taught himself Greek and Latin, and he was always inspired to share learning. He loved learning, and he shared the love of learning. And he shared the love of learning not for academic success or for professional success, but actually there was something fascinating and wonderful about learning and about ideas and about 
reading stories from the past and recognising that they helped to shape our future. I held a lot of that with me because as I made life choices, choices to work or choices to study in theology, choices to study in public health, global health, choices to work in Kenya because I worked some years in Kenya, choices to work back in the UK in the National Health Service in the Public Health Directorate and then in government before I moved back into university. I was always driven by this sense that working together with people didn't matter where the people were. We together could do things that could bring about change. And the world is always changing. The key is to ensure that the change is for good, the change is for ensuring that people are cared for better, that there's more equity in the world, there's more opportunity to ensure more people are safe and well and flourishing. The constancy of the change will always be there. Mm-hmm. What it is is just ideas, stories, the past can really help us see how to make those changes work for the better. You've mentioned that it is so important for people to work together for improved health for all. How do you use your voice to help encourage people to work together? Because there's part of me wants to answer it with trying to be peaceful, using my voice to be peaceful or to bring peace into conversations so that there's space to hear what other people are saying, space to come together to talk about the issues so that a pathway can be developed. That's one part, but I I also know that I'm probably quite a fiery person and I like to see change and I like things to happen. And I use my voice, I think, also to call out things that are not happening, things that are, are wrong, especially things that I feel are unjust. But I think we need both those ways to bring about change. Another key role I have at the university is as a a co-director of our Global Compassion Initiative. And that, in a way, so underpins what I do as assistant principal, and it so underpins what I do as director of our Global Health Academy. Because as as co-directing the Global Compassion Initiative, what I'm trying to do there is to encourage the science of compassion, that sense of what really is compassion? How do we understand it? How do we move from thinking compassion is just something about being kind or nice to actually recognising there is a power in the way that we relate to each other that so matters? And then to look at, as we share the stories of compassion in every discipline, can that be a, a trigger to help people both understand the needs around global health and also understand ways in which everyone can participate in the action towards alleviating the suffering that is there in the world. What in your own story has made you so committed to compassion in all aspects of life? Well, thank you for that question, Sharon. My very early memories of growing up in Northern Ireland I live in Scotland now, but my my home was in um, Northern Ireland. And I was brought up in a time when things were not great in Northern Ireland because of the, the troubles. But my family were quite poor, but there was such strong love and care in the family with my, my father and my mother, who, who have both passed away now. But they um, really instilled in my brother and I, and I have a twin brother, uh, how love mattered and care of each other mattered and 
no matter whether there was huge troubles on the outside, if we could stay together as a family and care for each other, that was going to give us strength to keep going. So from there, my sense of care and compassion developed, that real recognition that unless I cared for others, as I was being cared for, it would be really difficult to I suppose, just almost find find who I was, find a, a center for myself. The work that you do is so focused on making the world a better place. What advice do you have for all of us who love what we do and who work many hours, but know that self-care is important? You can't care for another unless you care for yourself and it's a you know it's a fundamental of me for of my faith it's a fundamental of the the christian faith love your neighbor as yourself um love others as you love yourself and that 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 that, and it's a fundamental of so many religious beliefs of spiritual beliefs because i think it's at the heart that we need to, to to be able to care and love i need to be able to love myself and loving myself and caring for myself means to be attuned to my needs, attuned to the vision of where I want to be and attuned to, I think, where I've where I've come from and to be kind to myself in the past, to be kind to myself as I am now and to be kind to what I want to do in the future and become in the future. And that's quite hard because sometimes we push ourselves and we, we want to be a different sort of person in the future. We want to be successful and professional and all the rest and we're actually pushing ourselves beyond kindness and sometimes you know when we think of our past we're not kind about thinking about who we were we we could be harsh on our past and I think it's when we self-care is to think kindly of our past because our past has brought us to where we are now today to be kind to the person who's grown to where I am now is quite important to, to love that person, even with all my failures, with all the things that I look back and think, oh, I wish, wish I hadn't done that or I could have done that differently. Just to be kind, to say that's where I'm at now and to forgive when the mistakes have happened so that we can learn. Because it's only by also forgiving us, ourselves, I think, that we can truly learn to be to, to, to embrace who we are for the future as well. In your journey, what have you learned about yourself? I've learned that I have a part of my mother, a part of my father, a part of my grandparents in me, because there's all there's parts of their stories and their lives that I can see as I live day by day. I've learned that I am a person who who loves to be with other people, but actually also loves the the quietness of just being on my own if I have a, a good book. I've learned that I'm not so good at not doing anything. And sometimes I have to call call that out because I actually actually love working. I mean, I love the, I, I do like working and enjoy the fascination of the work that I'm doing. It matters what other people think of me. I know that. And I know that it, it's, um, I'm someone who I want to be liked. I want to be cared for as well how then I relate to others. I hope not in, in a conditional way, but I'm conscious always that it probably also influences the, the who of me and um, that wish for security as well, that sense of always of knowing that I want to be somewhere where I feel safe and, and secure and able to, to have my voice. How can we all encourage 
other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? I want to say just call out your own story. For every woman and every girl, you have a story that is yours, that is so distinctive. Speak it, give it a name, not to be ashamed of your story. And even if there's things in the the past that make it a troublesome story, and all of us have troubles in the past as well, to recognise them, but don't allow those things to become what your story is alone. Um, As life is so complex, there's so much more. So I would say that that for me is one of the the, the key things of allowing women and girls to to have their voice. Also to recognise that your voice is powerful, that sometimes, many times people do want to close down your voice. There's a huge gender divide that is forcing women's voice and girls' voices down. But also there's sometimes there's a fear that others are are trying to shut us down and they're not really. So speak your voice, tell your story, take that opportunity, believe in yourself. Liz, this has been such a a rich time. Thank you for sharing parts of your story with us, inspiring us. So thank you for making the time to be with us today. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Liz, thank you so much for joining us and for the many, many wonderful things that you said. And of course, I especially love everything that you said about speaking our own stories, because I believe this is so important for every woman and every girl to own her story. And your point about being kind to your story is an interesting new thought for me. And I love it. So thank you very much. Yodit, I love having these conversations with you and feel grateful to you for doing this with me. And we also thank Lisa DeJavine, who is the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you, Liz. (laughs) Thank you. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, We want to remind you of the power of your story.